0: National Championship Edition of the Behind You Podcast. It is brought to you by the University of Miami's Department of Continuing and in International Education. My guest, Tony Fitzpatrick, might be the one and only guy who, after almost 150 episodes, he might just get banned because he is that good of a storyteller. Fitzy, how are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Josh. How are you doing? How's that voice treating you?
1: It uh, It's almost gone because you had a bunch of old, grown men beat up replace body parts
0: uh so we tony fitzpatrick a a proud member of the first national championship team 1983 you don't have to educate too many people who listen to this podcast about that but you guys were honored this weekend at the texas a&m game had some great festivities 40th and fitz he's been 40 freaking years dude seems like it's yesterday i uh we had that get together on friday night which don bailey
1: jr did a great job as the mc and rick Rembert and, and uh, jessica green put together and at the Alumni Center on the campus. And, and the crazy thing, Josh, is 68 players and eight coaches. Our head strength coach and our head trainer came
0: back for it. That's pretty freaking cool, dude. Let me ask, how many guys do you still talk to regularly?
1: I talk to a lot of them because I got a metal problem. I, I think I'm still playing. <laughs> <funny. laughs> so I, I try to keep in touch with them. Matter of fact, I talked to Art Tio today and Jim Burke. And I talked to Danny Brown. And I talked to uh, Darren McMurray and, and uh, Chris Hembro, just trying to gather pictures from the whole weekend because my phone took pictures and I'm like, yeah, i kind just they want the pictures we can show. But, anyways.
0: <laughs> so, but, but your, te- uh, your teammates understand that you have a mental problem, correct?
1: 100%. They knew it, it was well documented then.
0: We're going to have to tread very lightly here, Fitzy, about how many stories we can <laughs> tell or not tell. It'll be G rated. So fr- you get in Friday afternoon. There's something at the Titanic with all you guys. And Friday night, the Alumni Center. Friday at the Titanic, Mario comes, right? And, and you said he was awesome.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm going to back up a second. Me and my wife and my two sons, Austin and Will, and my wife, Sherry, flew in Thursday night, which we stayed at a place in Hollywood, which at 62 years old and living in Florida, I think my new place is Hollywood Beach, Florida. I stayed at Marriott right there on the beach. And it was beautiful, quiet, boardwalk. So then we have a nice little dinner overlooking the water. Then the next day, we have that thing at the Titanic. And uh, they said this secret guy is going to come and talk to the group. And we had a couple former players and myself myself and Donnie Salinger. And just uh, it was a great crowd. And, and here comes Mario. Mario walks in. He's looking like he's on a mission, like he's going to headbutt somebody. And then he looks to his right and he sees me. He rips me out of my chair and hugs me. This is This is why I came here. This is why I came to Miami. Uh, I sort sure, of as a sixty year old, and I think I'm still in shape and pretty good, pretty good guy. And I almost start crying when he did that.
0: <laughs> you played defense. Give me the measure. Me, give me the press guide measurables for Tony Fitzpatrick in 1983. You were what six one,
1: six foot two hundred forty eight, forty eight pounds. Yeah,
0: playing nose. Playing
1: nose tackle. I went there because they signed me off the high school all star game because I was going to Liberty Baptist University. Now it's Liberty University, but it was Liberty Baptist then when Howard signed me off the high school All-Star game, when Don Bailey told Coach Brodsky, because we were both on the South squad, it was the North-South All-Star game at Gainesville, Florida, and he said, Coach Brodsky, you need to watch this guy. And uh, I had worked out for three months because I knew I was better. I mean, there's not one thing wrong with Liberty University, but I knew I was better than that. When Florida and, and Georgia and Alabama and all of to come down, when I led the state and, and as a linebacker in tackles, and they all said, you can't play, you're too short. So I got ready for that game, worked out for three months, and I had 21 tackles, 16 solos, and five assists. And Howard comes on the field and says, we want you to come to Miami. If we have a scholarship, do you want to come? I said, what's Miami? What? And I said, uh, I said I'm said i going to Liberty, Univers- Liberty Baptist. Yeah, I had no idea anything about Miami. I knew I had some cousins living down there, but I didn't know anything about the university. What year is this? This is 1979, and, and at that point, Josh, coaches were using University of Miami as a vacation spot. They'd go there three, four, two, three, four years and leave, and they would lose. And when I signed Howard, I was, first, I was actually Howard's first signee ever. He signed me off the high school All-Star game. He accepted late in the, in the summer uh, the job, signed me off the high school All-Star game. He gets down there, starts doing his deal. And I, could, I get there, and my roommate is Jim Burton, Art Kehoe.
0: Wait, wait. He got hired in the summer. When was this All-Star game? It was
1: August 11th. He got hired earlier in the summer. But, but the recruiting and everything was already over. He got, he got fired. From, they didn't tell it Friday night, but he got fired from the Baltimore Colts. They said he went from the Dolphins to the Mighty Hurricanes. No, he went from the Baltimore Colts because he told the owner, because the owner came down at, and told him at halftime, he says, you put Bert Jones back in the game. He said, you stay up in the box. I'll, I'll stay on the field and I'll run the team. And the, the owner didn't like that and fired him. So then he, he took the job with the Miami Hurricanes. And uh, the rest is history, man. He, he just uh, he, he turned the place around. They, they told him, you either win or we're going to close football. He said, in five years, I'll have a national championship. I got red shirt of my first year because I got some torn cartilage in my knee in spring practice. And then we had the fifth year we won the national championship against Nebraska.
0: He said it, pronounced it. Everyone thought he was crazy. He made you guys believe it. I'm
1: going to tell you what, anything that came out of that man's mouth, I believed and I was ready to fight the Russians for him. It didn't matter. I mean, he could have told me, if you stand in that corner with your head on the floor and your feet in the air, you're going to be a multi billionaire I'd have stayed there for about four days. (laughs) Just listen to that man talk and the way he, He put it across. I mean, he told us that having a three hour practice and a five minute water break in the middle was gonna make us mentally stronger. It almost killed about 10 of us, 15 of us. The only thing that saved us was Mike O'Shea would put bags of ice at the bottom of the goalpost and then he'd wipe our faces with towel after he soaked them and we'd suck the water out of the towel. Cause uh, yeah, it it was brutal, yeah.
0: Walk me through one practice. What, what, didn't you guys have three days back then at some point? Howard, we had three days. We started early in the morning. We went till like 11 o'clock at night. And
1: back, you'd sit there and your roommate would be there talking. and everything. Like that. You'd wake up the next morning and everything that roommate had was gone and him. <laughs> we had a lot of night riders. And um, Howard, I'm going to tell you something. Howard helped you make your mind up. And, and it made us stronger because of that. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit Miami.edu DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at
0: 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. Fitzy, so as a six foot two hundred how'd you get moved? Why did he move you from linebacker to to defensive line? Why did Coach Nellenberger do that? I
1: get to Miami. I'm there. I'm going to come as a linebacker. And uh, Rick Lamps, the defensive coordinator, said, Fitzy, you're going to be a nose tackle. I said, okay, I do windows, too so uh jim burt's my roommate so jim burt tells me he says fitzy he says we gotta get some weight on you i said okay what are we gonna do he said okay this first semester we're not going to worry about school but okay jim here's the guy he's a he's a, he's a junior I said, i'm gonna listen to everything he says he says um early in the morning get a nice omelet a good breakfast everything go take a nap and then we're gonna go lift and get ready for practice i said it sounds fantastic for me so at the end of that semester. My bench went up 150 pounds. I gained like I don't know 20 something pounds, and my GPA was .05. <laughs> I got one D minus in one class, and the rest of them were Fs. And yeah. my 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 D line coach, Coach Allen, said, "You're not going to class, are you?" I said, "Well, Jim said the first semester, it's it's just good for lifting weights on and stuff like that." He said, "No, it's not." He said, "Meet me on the grass for three weeks." He ran me, rolled me, spun me. I, I lost weight because I was throwing up and dizzy, and all, every morning I had to do that before class. I finished with a 3.2 GPA.
0: You had to figure out who to listen to, bud.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Well, I think I was there for college too, for for uh, for academics. <laughs> and uh, Jim Burt, it, Jim Burt was all American and he played the NFL. I thought, this is, you know, this guy's going somewhere. I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to him. I want to go where he's going. But uh, it's a, it's a it's an experience you gotta learn, right? Learning experience and. I took some bad advice early, but I'm going to tell you what, it helped my career because my redshirt freshman years, when um, I exploded on the scene. I was playing uh, all special teams. We were playing against Michigan State, and Coach Harold Allen called down and uh, told uh, Coach Trout, he said, move Chickal to the defensive end and put Fitz at nose tackle. Never lost a position the rest of my career.
0: What made you the player you were?
1: All, I was strong and quick. I knew not to tie up with Bears because if you get tight, you know, even like the offensive line of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, my senior year, you know, if you sit there and you try and fight them, uh, those guys were all, on, they were on the GNC program. <laughs> yeah, even, even Stein during the game. I said, I said, Rosie, you guys take showers with him. Cause he had boils in the back of his arms. and legs." <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was like, he was like 215 pounds when he got there,
0: and he was like 290, and then played for the Oilers and all that. You were like, I work. Bert tell me to work out every day, and I'm like 50 pounds exactly. short. Exactly.
1: And my strength it didn't go as much as his, but no, it's just it. it uh, it's a mindset, and Jim Burt had us lifting weights and stretching and all that stuff like that when he was there, and then we kept it going. And, and
0: Don said that he goes, I knocked head with that dude for two or three years, and it was like a a cage wrestling match.
1: A cage fight? Yeah. No, I'm gonna tell you what. I guess one of the head coaches that was there, I think it was Saban, that recruited him out of New York, out of Buffalo, New York. And he was in jail when he recruited him. I guess he beat three people up at one time. And he said, this, this is the guy we want to bring down to Miami to play nose tackle. You want somebody like that. But the kindest person would give you his car, would give you money, because I didn't have much coming from Colorado, so he, well, he, Florida. You family. said
0: he gave you good advice. I would say that's pretty dumb that he gave you his – he gave you his car. I can only imagine what the hell you did with that. <laughs> I have no idea what you're
1: talking about. <laughs> my best friend, I don't remember that. No. he, uh, he t- I, t- I tell you what, he took me under his wing like I was a- his little brother. And uh, I got strong, learned a lot. I-, I think I did more than I could ever do uh, in my mind. Like I was telling Coach Oliver our defense coordinator, I said, I didn't like you when you coached me the other night. He said, why? I said, because you took me places I didn't think I could get to ever and then more. They, between Coach Nellenberger and Coach Alvedotti, our defense coordinator, that, that's the sign of a great football coach is when you can take kids or take men, if it's in the NFL, farther than they think they can go. You know, you, you, uh, Especially in the spring. When we, when we did things in the spring, you, you thought we thought our legs were going to fall off, our arms were going to fall off, and Howard would just say, get back on the line. And we're doing, I mean, it's just stuff Howard put us through. Somebody said they, because Don got 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 haggled a little bit during the, about that Howard took us more than we could do, and somebody yelled out,
0: "He'd get arrested these days." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. As tough as they make practices these days, you would coast. Oh shoot, this would be a vacation. You'd be sitting this in a beach be- chair, sipping a pina colada, going, "Come on, yes, what you yes, got? yes, yes, yes." Based on the stories you're telling me, you had to probably had to figure out a way to keep yourself sane. 100 percent, hundred percent. Because
1: what you did away from practice kept your mind from going crazy. Because you knew what you're going to go through the next day. We had, I'm telling you now, we had some brutal, brutal things we had to go through to get to where we knew we were going to be good and sustain it. And that's when Coach Snellenberger backed off a little bit when he knew that we had, you know, gotten to that point where we're believing in 100% of ourselves because he, he would take us to places we didn't think we could get to. Give me an example of something. Okay, like, like uh, a lot of teams, Josh, when they do inside run or, or team period, they'll go against one against threes or ones against twos. Josh, we went ones against ones. That's why when Don was there and he was only there, he wasn't there one year when I was there. My senior year, he had left his year before because he didn't get red he was playing right. against Bruce Clark as a true freshman. I think they put a 25-pound plate in the back of his pants so he could hold on because, I mean, he was, he was slender and tall and, and he didn't have much in the back end. And that's why Art Keo and uh, Clem Barbarino were chopping the dogs out of him because he would hold on like a bulldog and then uh, they would chop him. But, I mean, Don Bailey and myself, he was 61, I was 62. He would sit on his stool and I'd sit on mine. And after practice we look at each other. I mean, we're really, really, really good friends. And I'm talking about we've been really, really good friends since the time we were at the high school All-Star game when he told Coach Boski, you need to watch this guy. That's when our friendship started building. And we'd beat the dogs out of each other in practice. We'd have blood scratches. And, and, I mean, our hair looked like we combed it with a grenade and and just just beat up and torn and shirts torn. And we'd say, Don, I'd say, look at Don, why the heck do we do this? because we want to be good and uh, the love of the school. And, and I mean, just to, to do what we did and to build what we do. Do you understand that Miami has won five national championships? And in 22 years, all that time when we were winning national championships, we played for it six other times in 22 years. We could have won 11 national championships in 22 years. There's no other school that's done something like that. When would you guys see the light? When, when we saw the light, it was probably my true redshirt sophomore year when we were going into the team. And, and here's the thing now. There's some commonality right here with this, with this team we just watched Saturday night. When we start going in and beating teams like we're supposed to, you remind me of Ohio. I'm going to tell you what now. That conference that team comes from, at any given time, they could they could be like a Middle Tennessee or, or a Appalachian State. That conference is a tough. Those are blue collar, tough, hard nosed kids. Taking Miami Ohio coming in and spanking them. Get after them. That's a perfect score. Thirty five to 3, 38 to three, whatever it was. Perfect. Beat the ones you're supposed to like that. And then the good ones like your A and M that comes in. Fight your guts out get a couple scores ahead, and let the chips fall where they might. You've given everything you can, and good football teams will find a way to win. That's when we started knowing we were good, when we would beat the teams like your uh, Miami-Ohios and, and, your, and, your, and your smaller teams. That we, but, shoot, we started playing Mississippi State. We started playing Michigans, with, And beating teams like that, you, you, when, we, when we walked on campuses on Fridays, gosh, we expected to win. That's when we knew we were good my redshirt sophomore year, my junior year, my – we, we walked on campus like, shoot, these guys don't have a chance. Hey, let me tell you something. you got a guy like Howard Schnellenberger that's been all these different schools and won everywhere he's been and changed programs to levels they didn't know they could take and started programs. And he comes into Miami, and then we lose the first game. And you know what his statement is? We just ran out of time. I'm almost positive. I'm not real smart. I was a defense lineman, got hit in the head a bunch. <laughs> and I saw the score was was twenty-eight to three. And he said we ran out of time. Well, you know what? I didn't see the offensive film, but he said we were starting to pick their guys apart because Bernie Kozlar was a redshirt freshman and the offensive linemen were starting to do us really good blocking and stuff like that. And who knows if we had a little you know, twenty eight to three is not too far ahead. You can score pretty quick. Especially if you're pro style attack like we were passing. And then we go to Houston, and we we let them boom, boom, boom. They go down the field. And it, i tell you what, we were spitting fire after he said this. We had lost to Florida 28-3, the second game of the season. He tells us, he said, I thought you, we made a commitment to each other. We were going to be a good football team. We beat them 29-7. to I don't think they crossed the 50 again. We tried to kill everything in front of us. And then from then on, we, we went on an 11-game winning streak. I think we had five shutouts, and the other times, those teams only, I think three to four of them, only scored seven points. We had one of the best. Uh, people talk about our offense and Eddie Brown and Stanley Shakespeare and Keith Griffin and Speedy Neal and uh, Albert Bentley. Our defense was dominant. We were mangling people. We were dancing on the quarterbacks. We were dancing on the quarterback. when not you cool? <laughs>
0: You were busting out some John Travolta moves over the quarterback. I was the Billy, doing the Billy White shoe steal, shooting six shooters.
1: <laughs> I'd sack back and, I,
0: and then I'd put him back in the holster. Oh my God. When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the
1: you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lobovic Law Group. At Lobovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lobovic. Lobovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor
0: of all things you. Go you! How much crap did you talk during games?
1: Oh, a lot. A lot. I'll tell you some, some For instance, we're playing against Houston. And Bill Young was just a strong, strong in the face, good guy. Really good guy. Because I went and GA'd with him after I blew my shoulder out with the Houston Oilers. And then coached with him. Just a strong, strong man. Just good, strong in the face. But – He'll, once in a while he'll say he'll say get that damn nose guard or get this so there was a play out this center was a he was a red shirt freshman and I circled his head all week with a yellow pen like a yellow spine like he had a yellow spine going down his back and I was gonna try and kill him and I body slammed him and hit their quarterback Davis over near their sideline. He says somebody needs to get that damn nose guard <laughs> 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 And then, then what's the head coach at Notre Dame? I can see him Jerry uh, Faust. Jerry Faust. He said somebody needs to get that. He said some cuss word, and I said, Jerry, you're gonna talk like that with Priest on his, his side of you, and he like he like a mushroom, like shrunk. Then during the game against Nebraska, I'm I'm counting with the referees, making sure they count out the right when they're doing a penalty, and then I was doing that with uh, I dude I, I used to talk all kinds of crap. I had so much fun. We we yeah, that's when I told Rozier, you guys take showers with him. Look at those boils. And they, I swear, the other offensive
0: linemen were busting out laughing, <laughs> just right in the middle of that. Oh my God! All right, so everyone's—I think the story goes. Obviously, Nebraska was the powerhouse. '83, we were the unknown commodity that was kind of sleeping on college football, and that pro-style pass attack with Bernie—they had no idea what was going to happen. But what was the plan of attack for you guys? Because everything with Nebraska was the wishbone and Rozier and Irving Fryer and. Who the hell was the quarterback? Uh, Turner Gill. So how did you – what was your guys' approach to, like, hey, this is our plan of attack against them defensively? Well, we
1: I swear to you, I swear to Josh, like it's yesterday, we knew we did not have the manpower to hold up against them because uh, they, they had, like, two if not three lines. I saw different guys. I mean, I had just torn my bicep off my shoulder against West Virginia six weeks before it. And I was on the sideline for the West Virginia game and on the Florida, at the Florida State game. And then I you know, did all cardio the whole week. I mean, the four weeks before. And Coach Nulliver held a 16-play scrimmage the, the week of the Orange Bowl to see if my shoulder would hold up. And I went 96 plays against them. But we knew that we had to score to beat them. Because, and if we did get ahead passing-wise like we did, that we'd have an opportunity because they were going to run us down. I talked to Rodney Bellinger the other day about this, and um, I said, Rodney, I'm going to tell you what, if you didn't come up and cut Mike Rozier multiple times and flip him upside down every time, and then he sprained his ankle on one of them, we might not have won that game because he was an incredible talent, incredible talent, and Turner Hill, incredible talent. And uh, Mike, I mean, just their whole their, their, their receiver, Irving Fryer, their, their, their offensive line, straight with. Stein, Kuhl, and Gribbinger, the whole inside. It's just, I mean, just the whole thing. It just They had Allen trophies, Heisman Trophy winners, and, and people that should have been Heisman Trophy winners on their team. And they are beating people 50, 60, 70 points a game. That That's because people couldn't keep up, but they didn't understand. They were a three yards in a cloud of dust defense. And we had a pro-style attack from the Baltimore Colts. And our quarterback was a seasoned, redshirt freshman-seasoned, went through 11 games quarterback, and we had receivers that could fly, and we had a tight end that went to the NFL, Eddie Brown that went to the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, we had great players too, and um, albeit people thought we were a bunch of ragtags that we put together. But our defense was smaller than the offense. If Rosier's ankle didn't get hurt and we didn't score a lot, we could have it, – it, I mean, it was 31 to 30, so you see how close it was. I don't think it would have
0: been that close if, if, if uh, Rosier didn't get hurt. So is that like you said but before you guys were over the course of Howard's, you know, tenure there, right? When it started to turn, you were beating the teams you're supposed to beat. Then you start taking on the teams who are ranked and known and you walk in there and you felt like you expected to win. But was Nebraska that different from those other teams? Based, on, That sounds from what you're saying. Like you kind of knew like this was a powerhouse. Yeah.
1: Watching film. In that era, Nebraska was the the Alabama, the Georgia. They were they were one of the big boys that, that everybody wanted to get a piece of and and see how they ranked up against them. And we had gotten to the point. I'm telling you, I say that if he didn't get hurt, you know, I don't think we'd have won. We didn't think that way. Right. we, we I just thought myself we're a lot smaller than them. We were quicker than them. They were a bunch of muscle-bound offensive linemen that – I mean, we had Kevin Fagan, who was a stud, who played how many years in the NFL. Fred Robinson, who played in the NFL, played in the USFL and the NFL until my shoulder got blown out. But, I mean, we had, we had a bunch of guys that could play too. You know, Jay Brophy plays for the Dolphins. I mean, we had guys who could play, but it was just we didn't have the numbers they had. And I swear to you, you know, those guys – we talked about it last night. Those guys went to the Fiesta Bowl with fatigue on. It was me and Darren Murray, Darren McMurray, that started that, that year, 83, when we played Nebraska. He and I went to the stadium in fatigues and said, we were, we're into a single war. And um, we went early and stretched and, and got there. And, and, hey, by all means, mentally and physically ready, we were going we were to we win. We, we, our, our mindset was, it was our game to win.
0: Hey – by the way, in terms of the type of you mentioned a bunch of names. I don't know, you know, some of the some of the archives are a little shaky, so I'm going to ask and not say this as definitive. Well, I know Alonzo and Melvin run the team. Was Jerome Brown on that team too, as a as a redshirt or a freshman or no?
1: Yes, that's that's what I said. I talked to that group, the Titanic, and I said I didn't know if I was going to play in the Orange Bowl because I had Dallas Cameron behind me, Darren McMurray, and there was Jerome Brown salivating like Pavlov's dog
0: (laughs) and and, I mean I was scared I wasn't gonna play in the game no he wasn't he wasn't six foot 240 pounds no no matter of fact
1: when I would run after practice he would run with me he said Fitz I want to be like you I thought I'm thinking my I wouldn't say anything back to him but I was thinking shoot dude I want to be like you (laughs) (laughs) Here here I'm a senior with all these accolades and this kid. It looks like looks like uh a silly Alexi in a in a freshman body and and it could run like the wind
0: but I guess my point is you guys had ta- you guys had talent, but Howard was really starting to I mean then he was really starting to acquire yeah, high level the talent. talent. Was
1: coming in. Yes, we were a bunch of we were a bunch of I'm telling you, a bunch of no names and, and even they said it Friday night that you know that Jay Brophy, a year before that didn't know if he wanted to play football anymore? He left and then came back.
0: Oh, I heard, I heard that story.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He left and then came back. Didn't know if he wanted to play. And thank God he did, because he was a great leader in the, in the huddle and, and on the field. And shoot, how about this? So Kenny Sisk has a great senior season. First play in the Orange Bowl blows his knee out. And the guy behind him gets MVP of the game with 12 tackles and an interception, Jack Hernandez, a backup playing all special teams. And he did – you know, he rolled in some at linebacker. But Jack's 5'11", and, and whatever he weighed, here he goes and gets the MVP of the game, 12 tackles and an interception. There was a massive interception while they were driving.
0: That's crazy.
1: So, yeah, it's, it's a – we're a bunch of no-names. We're a bunch of no-names that they drilled it in our mind that we're better than we, than we believe and that we could fight anybody. It didn't matter who showed up and, and go into the game that, that we had to believe – and, and know that we were going to win before we went in there. That's the way we played. And then the people we played against, like, they were shocked because they were getting slapped around and and, and mauled by a pe- bunch of people who looked like the Bad News Bears.
0: Now, what what'd you do that night? You win. What happens after the game? Well, uh,
1: I was dating a young lady, um, and her parents came down, and I went to dinner with her and her parents, and, and uh, we met up with a bunch of people and, and just – I'm serious, all kidding aside, because I had not one physical practice before that except for that 16 place scrimmage. I swear, I, I have a picture of me and Joe Namath, and it's the beginning of the fourth quarter because cause Howard coached Joe at uh, Alabama, right? and he was quarterback coach, and he had him on the sideline, had him talk to us, and uh, he was on the sideline. He, there's a picture of me and him, and uh, he's telling me, you know this team's really good, and they're coming back. You need to get up and get your team excited. And I swear to you, I looked at him like he had sixes on his forehead. Like, dude, what the crap are you saying? And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm beat up, and you can see my fresh scar on my bicep. And it, so I went 96 plays against Nebraska after having won 16-play scrimmage in six weeks.
0: I imagine you were not pain-free during that game.
1: No, 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 Motrin, Motrin was helping big time. I took six Motrin before the game and about twelve after. <laughs>
0: eight hundred Motrin, eight hundred. Oh my god! And what so? What, what was it like? So what was it like? Like in the weeks after, on campus, around town, like were you just floating? Oh my gosh, the people,
1: the people in the city didn't matter where you're at. So excited to to tell you, you know, they're proud of us. The restaurants. Probably not good with the NCAA now, but the restaurants were feeding us for free. We'd go to a place uh, called the Mutiny and just eat and drink, and it was like I'm telling you, it was the funniest thing, Josh. We'd go to clubs, and the Dolphins were standing in line, and we'd walk right into clubs. Get out of here! As God is my witness, as God is my witness. Yes, they were standing in line, and we'd walk right in clubs. It was it was happening, and then it happened for like a couple of years. Yes, when, when the guys started rolling in, in, in the mid-80s with all the national championships and the big – yes, yes. they, they would, The Hurricanes were dominating the clubs. Yeah, it was pretty wild.
0: And I, obviously after that – I don't know when exactly, but maybe it was that summer, you know, Howard leaves. When you first heard Howard was leaving or taking a job or going to the USFL, you thought what?
1: It gutted me. It gutted me because I knew – I didn't know what, how far he was on his career – I knew, I knew he was probably in his 60s, late 60s, early – I didn't know. I really didn't know his age. I just know I loved him and, and, and appreciated him and, and, and would give my right leg for him because of what he did for me. I mean, I could have been at Liberty College, which probably wouldn't have been a bad career either, but I didn't get to go to Miami. and I, I wouldn't have gotten to go to Miami and win a national championship. But what he did for me and gave me an opportunity, the friends I made and, and, the, and the hard work, and the love I got from Mike O'Shea when I get injured, like a dad to us, um, and Ray Ganong pushing us. And I told I told him, yes, I think it was Friday night, I told him, I said, Ray, do you understand? I'd rather have wood driven under under my, my toenails than be late to one of your workouts. Because he would make, oh, my gosh, he was so brutal. He he would make you do a double high-intensity workout where you're throwing up stuff six weeks, you ate six weeks before that. <laughs> He was the best of the best. He, Matter of fact, Florida State made a comment. I think it was my sophomore or junior year. When we played in my sophomore year and we went to play in my junior year, and they said, you guys have made major, major, major strides. Your your team strength is – I mean, we're throwing Florida State around like a bunch of junior high kids. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just the whole program. Everybody bought in. Everybody was a, a winner because they, they saw Coach's vision. They saw – Coach Alvarado's vision. They saw Gary Stevens' vision. Just you know, Coach Tressman I mean, just Coach Allen, my defensive line coach. Coach Ted Hendricks and all these great players, Jim Burt, and I got to be coached by him. And then just Coach the the offensive line coach. Just we had just great coaches, and um, a lot of them went on and shoot. Coach Bronski, Coach Emma Smith with the Dallas Cowboys, and Coach Coach Axe Alexander. Coach you know, coached the Dallas Cowboys. We had we had a. Josh, you understand when Jim Kelly and Bernie Cozar and Testaverde were young, yeah, I think it was Jim's junior year, I mean, you just don't get coaching like that. He, he would come down and coach those guys because the relationship that Coach Schnellenberg had with him. And he was actually retired and not doing anything. He was up living in Lauderdale, and he'd come down and coach those guys. There. So he'd come down for a couple hours and do that. Join us at Gulfstream Park this spring with live action Thursday through Sunday. Enjoy entertainment outdoors at the Carousel Club or feast in Ten Palms. Not hungry? Visit our many on site shopping locations from fashion stores to home furnishings. For schedules, reservations, and tickets, visit GulfstreamPark.com.
0: Yeah, but I'm about to tell you this your story, your guys' stories are better than anybody. Like, that was a different time. A, there was no phones, a lot of stuff went, there was a little more leniency. Like, your stories are way better than anybody else's stories. Or you guys just had a better time. I don't know. Maybe you guys just had a better time. Your stories are good. We did, but
1: I'm gonna tell you, I'm very, very happy there was no cell phone.
0: Oh God. <laughs> I would. Yeah. I'm just very, very. That's why this. Maybe we, that's why the stories are good because no one actually knows if they're right. <laughs> no, these are. right. <laughs> I
1: swear to you, they're they're right as much as I can remember.
0: Exactly. You know,
1: a lot of times I thought it was his own. It was his own stretch, and I was getting ear holes in the <laughs> trap. So.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Fitzy, we could you could probably just do that. You know, I don't even need to be here, dude. You could just like, monologue <laughs> this bad boy for like the next three hours. But at the end of the day, when you're out on the middle of the field and they're honoring your team and what you did. And I think Mario said it. Everyone feel it, pal. I was 10. What you did, what it meant for the city, what it meant for the school, what it meant for whatever, you know, what's happened over the last 40 years. It, it still must be really special to be honored in that way.
1: It was amazing what the university did for us,
0: starting with Friday night
1: and uh the swag the the head trainer gave head equipment manager gave us and, and and uh rick rambert and jessica green and and then to be recognized like that and i'm gonna tell you what they asked us to jog out there and i told I've, I've had my right knee replaced and darren mcmurray's had both hips he was one of my roommates my late ones were the last when i was there a senior and they i said i said darren i don't know i can't jog he I said i'm not supposed to jog on my knee he goes I can't jog either. And we were trying to jog. I said,
0: he, I said, you need to pick it up.
1: And he said, I can't go any fast.
0: <laughs> that sounds like me and my wife when we're on no, vacation. No. She's a long, she's like, we walk faster. I'm like, that's all I got. <laughs> but to have Mrs. Snellenberg out there,
1: 68 of my teammates saddened by the two that have just, you know, passed away, eight coaches and all of, you know, there's some that have passed away. And I would give, both my arms and my legs for Harold Allen, my defensive line coach, because he was an incredible, incredible human being, great football coach. I don't know if you can say this, but he was an old country boy from Key West. He was just a just a good old guy that knew football and coached some of the best in the game. And um, to, to be out there and for the university to do what they did for us, I really appreciate all they did for us as a, as a team to celebrate us like that.
0: Well, Fitzy, we always love seeing you on the road. It was great seeing you on Saturday. You always uh, make the, the trips and the visits more enjoyable. So uh, congratulations. It's, it's I don't you know, the honor of a lifetime, man. You guys change this city for sure. tons of people, myself included. And it's the reason why a lot of this town celebrates and roots and gets behind this program. And just appreciate, uh, appreciate. I always love talking to you, dude, because you make me laugh. And I love it.
1: <laughs> Josh, I appreciate you. And I appreciate what you do for the university. You bring a lot to the broadcast. You guys are a heck of a team. And uh, what you do on the sidelines, do you do a great job and a uh, great
0: servant of the university. Well, I appreciate that. Love seeing you. And thanks for doing this. I, I loved it. I, I called Rick remmert last week. I'm like, we got to do something. He goes, who do you want? And I said, well, you-, you know the guy. I mean, you know who can and can't. And he goes, what about Fitzpatrick? I go, sign him up. Let's go. I'll do it tonight if I had to. <laughs> For the, for the 80th reunion, we're going uncensored. Okay, no problem. We- I'll put my dentures
1: on the side, and I'll put my bib <laughs> on, so when the oatmeal falls out of my mouth, I'll, uh, I'll do a good job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, bro, I got to go. See ya. Have a good one, brother. See you, buddy. Thank you.